When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for listening to the Bart and Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN. And it's 12 o'clock in the greatest city in the world. It is Bart and Han, Alan Han, Bart Scott, 98.7 ESPN. What's so great about it, Alan? 800-919-3776 is the number. What's great is we, we have the opportunity. We got yesterday. It's not great. It's disrespectful. They disrespected us yesterday, man, with the phantom calls and apologize afterwards. It's not so great today, man. I feel like we being targeted because they hate how we grind. Ten toes down. Guys hurt. Stepping up. Brunson with uh, another great performance. And this is how they do us? He's a superstar. And a scrub threw up a Hail Mary like he was throwing a football, a moon ball, and they bailed him out. That hurts, Allen. That's disrespectful, man. So it's not the great city in the world today because they ain't treating us like it's the great city. We know it's great. But does everybody else know it's great? Tired of these footlocker wannabe dudes. Same dude that did it to LeBrick Brick. Yes. But I don't care about LeBrick Brick. All right. So there's a lot to do today, as you know. And, of course, the calls are a big part of this because people want to vent, and here's your opportunity to do that. 800-919-3776. It's been all over my several different social media feeds for the last – I mean, really, for the last 12 hours – since this game ended, and then, of course, which is something you rarely see, although it, it does happen, you rarely see this, is that after the game, the lead official, the crew chief, that's Ed Malloy, you rarely see that they come out, and when you have sending a pool reporter to get an explanation on a foul or on a non-call or any of that stuff, it's rare that they will say, yeah, 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 you know, we, we, we missed that. We screwed up. We got it wrong. You got it wrong. The game's over. You got it wrong. That's the part that I think is the most maddening is everybody. And I i mean, I defy a Rockets fan even to jump in this conversation and tell me that they don't agree. Everybody in that gym, everybody watching around the country, everyone said, hell no, that is not a foul. You do not blow that whistle. Was there contact? I said this on the post game. There was contact, yes. And you can go with the technicality of well, technically, Man. he does run through him. Technically, you know, you could make the call, and if you really wanted to play that game, you could do that and say and protect your official, protect Jason Goble, and say, technically, there was contact, and it seemed enough to blow the whistle in a situation like that. And the ball did hit the rim. So it's not like, you know, there was, you know, the ball was out of bounds. Like, the ball hit the rim. So you could have done that, and I was expecting it. I sat back. I go, here's what they're going to do. They're going to make up this some kind of excuse or reason why you have to call that because it's letter of the law. And I love the fact that Ed Malloy said, I ain't doing that. We watched it back, and you know what? Wrong call. Incidental. Mm-hmm. That contact was not enough to deem a foul, and it shouldn't have been called. And while that doesn't fix the wound, what does Michael K. always say? That doesn't put – that doesn't put the milk back in the udder, right? It doesn't fix the problem. The Knicks still take an L, a painful one, because these th- this is a tough time right now. They Could are undermanned. They Could take the loss. Could be two L's. You're not Here's making good. up for the loss. So it doesn't do anybody any good that after the game you say, you know what, yeah, we screwed up. But I'll tell you what, though. If, I, if you remove yourself from the situation and just look at it, I, I appreciate Ed Malloy for doing that. Now, beyond that, we've got a lot to figure out here. And I reached out to Steve Javi, who was an NFL, uh, NFL, NBA referee one for a long time. One of the greatest slickbacks, one of the greatest slickbacks ever, man. He, he actually does have a really good quaff. Uh, he 25 years in the league. He now works for ESPN as a rules analyst, and he's going to be kind enough to join us at the bottom of the hour, 1230, to just give us his take on what he saw. But all it took was the, the crew chief to say, we got it wrong. Like, we don't have to wait for the last two-minute report at 5 o'clock today to see that it was the incorrect call. We don't have to wait. He said it, so we're done. We know, but it doesn't make it any better. But this is, like, like 
for me, Bart, it goes beyond that call. This whole game, this year has been filled with some calls that are making you scratch your head. But this game alone, if I told you the Knicks had 58 points in the paint, right? The league average is 50. Mm -hmm. The Knicks had 58 points in the paint in a physical game. And I told you, oh, and they only had 12 free throw attempts. Would you have a problem with that? Would you say that doesn't make sense? I mean, listen, we, we saw Brunson going in amongst the trees and getting knocked down. He had eight free throw attempts. Just, just he had eight. It, you know what I mean? Yeah, he had eight. Uh, listen. Jabari yeah. Smith Jr. had eight. That's uh, what I'm saying. Goon had eight. But oh, and, and Jalen Green had nine. But that's what I'm saying. But, 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 but the all-star in the game had eight. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm getting at. Like, I don't that think. That doesn't make sense. Like, I feel, I feel like, um, and I, and I don't want to put him in this same category. I feel like, uh, he, they treat him like Lamar Jackson or, 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 or Cam Newton, right? Like those guys, they, they say, well, because you're so physically gifted, because you're so good right now, you know, and because you have this reputation of being a junkyard dog, you know, we're going to let you get hit and we're not going to call it, right? Because, you know, we, we know you go in there and you seek out contact. You know, but like it's I don't think crazy. He seeks contact. I think he just takes contact. My, my, well, my point. Well, you know what I mean. Because, like, that's because the he's, problem. Because he's not frail like. Uh, well, he's not frail fall. like 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 um, Steph Curry used to be, and he doesn't fall all dramatic and yep. flop and add a little yep. flop to yep. it like uh, AI maybe do with the flailing of the arms and the kicking out of the legs and all that stuff. Yep. They don't they don't deem it that oh it's, it doesn't look like it's like it's you know to the level of a foul. It's just physicality. Oh, and by the way, there, there's a replay. I, I put it on my Twitter. <laughs> he Dylan Brooks is driving on Brunson. Brunson obviously is a guy that does positional defense. He will take charges. He leads the league in it. Mm-hmm. Brunson is, t- is is basically bracing himself as Dylan Brooks is driving in on him. It's during the game. It's not late in the game. It's during the game. And, and Brooks lowers his shoulder. And, I mean, just drives through him like a running back is trying to drive through a safety, right? Like it's Derrick Henry type, type stuff. Mm-hmm. All it was missing was the stiff arm. Brunson goes flying. They called a foul on Brunson. Yeah, man. Blocking foul. Are you – when you lower your – like Julius Randle was somewhere watching this thing wanting to break a television. Like, wait a second. You can lower your shoulder and put it into the chest of a player and, and it's okay? Like, that's the – so, that like, it was the whole game. Brunson had seven – listen to this. Brunson took 25 shots in this game, right? 17 were in the paint. So, again, I'm not talking about a dude that hung out on the perimeter. 17 shots he took in the paint. And he got eight free throws. The Knicks only got 12, but that's not the whole story. Let's go to the other side. The Houston Rockets. With no, with no stars. And Van Fleet was in street clothes. They took 33 free throws. A 21 free throw disparity for two teams that play physical and two teams that go to the basket and two teams that are tied for 11th in the league in free throw attempts, which means they both go to the line. And you had a 21 Free throw attempt disparity? That doesn't make sense. I thought Tibbs was going to lose it. <laughs> and he never, he never takes text, by the way. He doesn't do that. I thought that jail was going to wear out. I thought he was going to start fuming from the head and in his, uh, in his uh, Charlie Brown uh, follicles was going to straighten out. No doubt. Now, I want to be clear on something, Bart. I am not suggesting the whole, you know, rigged. I'm not suggesting that. Referees are out for the Knicks. They don't like the I am not suggesting that because I've been around this league long enough to know that doesn't exist. This is not what officials do. They don't like, oh, I don't like those guys. Now, I know there's obviously some of the rivalries we've seen in the past between players and referees that somehow, some way, it's just crazy, but that's what happens. Scott Foster and Chris Paul is one of these things that you just can't figure out, right? But it happens. Joey Crawford and Tim Duncan. Like, we've had those, <laughs> all right? They've been in this league. But overall, you don't see an officiating crew that's like, well, we got the Knicks, oh, let's screw them tonight. You don't see that. It's that's so what's, to me, that's what I'm, I can't wrap my head around this. Like, I want to sit down with the three of them going, guys, what were you looking at? That you right. just weren't making the call here, but every whistle was the uh, that, that it's like hometown officiating, which of course doesn't exist in the NBA. These guys aren't from Houston. Did they? But sell it doesn't it more? make sense. I'm, I'm like, did they sell it more? Like, what, you know, like was it more demonstrative? Oh, I, I need to. I need answers. You I need know, answers. You got to explain it to me. What the? Did what they go to what the hell Ginobili? happened? Did they go to school of Ginobili? Like, I didn't get it. 
Yeah, it, it's 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 incredibly but, maddening but Alan, to me. Not, so it wasn't not, just the last play. It was yeah, the whole game uh, the, had a major issue that just kept popping up. The DiVincenzo, oh, he yes. kicked his leg out. That doesn't count. We're going to take that off the board. Like but I the, said, the lowering the shoulder. Mm-hmm. What the hell was that? How many times Brunson would go to the basket and end up on the ground, and it's like, no, nope, play on. But play on. Like it just it, it and, and for think, Brunson, think, this is not new. Falls. This is how they've been officiating him. Yes. He doesn't get those calls. He doesn't get the superstar treatment. If that's and Dame it's... if that's Dame Lillard, foul. If that's if that's Steph Curry, foul. Right? If, if that's Ja Morant, foul. Right? And it's like he's he's on a cusp of everybody knowing that he's a superstar. Yep. But he's like a year early before he gets superstar treatment. And like that's not that's not fair, but that's the reality of it. But there's no reason why the other side, who has a bunch of young, not even stars yet, just budding stars and young maybe Gen X, and they're getting the calls. Like I don't get it. And to add insult to injury, Allen, mm-hmm. if you're going to lose the game, a game that's pivotal, you got a, what a three game road uh, trip before the the All Star break. You got one more two, left, well, and, and and this you you were on a three game losing streak, yes. which is now more important right. because to, at, you want to stay in the top four, and you know you, and you got players dropping like flies. So yeah, point, this was a critical game. They were making a comeback and doing whatever they could to try to get a win. Me. And you made my point for me. This was a pivotal loss, right? And it's yes. not about who you lost to. It's about where you are and how you've been spiraling out of control, and the fact that you know you look like a. A um a game of Oregon Trail, and you losing guys for everything, right? You know, yes. acid reflux. You, you know, di- was it dysentery? Yeah, we, and to add insult to injury, because DiVincenzo has been one of the guys trying to put the team on his back. Now he tweaks the hammy. Yeah, that's the other thing we haven't that, talked about yet. That, is that, is that, did you lose another guy? That's the ah lost in that. As you try and bring these young guys, as you try and bring some of these guys in that have been, you know, with the trade. But, you yep. know, they got to get caught up to speed. They got to get in the rhythm, get in the flow. Yep. And, you know, Burke is doing bad. his thing. He's seamless because he's been here, so he knows what it fits. Well, he, he was knows bad how last night. He, he couldn't make a shot. Bogdanovich had a good fourth, fourth quarter. But, yeah, and that's, again, see, that's the thing. It's, just, it's taking us away from that part of the story with the Knicks, which is that you, you, you couldn't afford to lose this game. You lost it. And you might have lost even Chenzo with a hamstring and going into the break. You still got one more game play. against an Eastern Conference opponent in the Orlando Magic that has already beaten you twice. And you want to kind of – you got to get a win against them at some point. And now you might even be shorthand in this game. It is it, – it, it, like I said, there's so much. There's so many Give me Javi. I want Javi now. He's coming at 1230. He's going to okay. be – and he's going to be terrific. But if you think – anybody listening, it's like, oh, you're being a homer. You're being one – oh, fine. I'll tell you what. Let's go to the national media, shall we? Let's see what everybody else had to say. If you don't want to hear it from me, how about how about from Brian Winhorst, who is as, as unbiased an observer as you could possibly find in the media, on the national media, on television. Here's his take from First Take. This was an absolutely brutal call. Um, and not only that, but it – it was great defense. Jalen Brunson played great defense there. He forced Aaron Holiday into only using one arm. Exactly. Because he, 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 he did such good contesting of that shot. He did one arm. Now, I'm not uh, adept enough. There's probably more to it, but he is adept. I think he's talking about how the, uh, the officiating works. But, I, I'm, Bart, I'm, I'm watching Holiday this. Holiday put his elbow out. He, the uh, well, hand I, that he yeah. decided not to shoot, he, he put the, the elbow out. And that's, and that's what it formed. That's what it contacted. Which is why you don't make the, the call. It's what I said in the postgame last night on MSG. That's why you don't make the call. And I also looked at it as a situational thing. This is There's no way in hell you blow that whistle when we're tied. Yes. You don't blow, I'm not blowing that. It's 40 feet bell, from the basket. Bell, it's bell a chuck and out. duck from 40. There's no way. He would have had to have kicked him. He would have had to have taken him out with a clothesline. Right, he would There's have had to make no him fall. way I'm giving you that. He you just chuck that shot. He didn't even sell it. He didn't even fall. Like get, get, No, he landed like on his feet, it. which is what That's Malloy what said. All right, fine. How about how about Perk? Henrik Perkins. Henrik Perkins played in the league for, for a, what, 15 years, 12 years, whatever it was. He's been in the league a long time. What does he think of it? Hell, yeah, they was robbing. That was one of the worst calls I've seen in the NBA history, even when I was playing. When, when it comes down to it, I watched that entire basketball game. The officials messed up a great basketball game. 
it was physical. Guys were going at it. The Knicks were down double figures. They came back. They were going toe-to-toe. Dylan Brooks jumped up the game. Him and Jalen Brunson got into it. Dylan Brooks knocking down the tray ball. Jalen Brunson clutch shot to tie the game. And all of a sudden, it comes to this. And I don't want to hear the explanation after the game and the officials admitting that they were wrong. They knew they was wrong when they actually had to go review it and see how much time was on the clock. At the end of the day, this was bad for the game last night. It was one of the worst calls I've seen in NBA history, and they should have let this thing play it out. It was a physical game all game long. How do you call that? Right. You let the the players figure it out. Let the players decide the game. Not a a whistle when we're tied with a 40-foot chuck and duck. No way do you let yourself have an impact on the finish of this game. Did I lose you? I guess I lost Bart. Well, anyways, 800-919-3776. Let's go to – let's begin the calls now. We'll go to Tom and Linderhurst. Go ahead, Tom. Hi. Yeah, thanks for taking the call. Of course, it's one of the worst calls I've ever seen in my life. I think what Windhorst was saying is that uh, – was that Brunson's agile enough to avoid the contact, the collision mm-hmm. on the play. Uh, yeah. I think that's what the final thought was. Yep. Uh, you know, you can't – like you said – in a physical-type game, I mean, you're letting a lot go. How do all of a sudden, it's like a home plate umpire not giving the pitcher the corner. Then the ninth inning, he starts giving them the call. Yeah. How do you change just like that? How do you change just like that? I mean, you can't make that call. And then what's worse, then there was the indecision of how much time was left on the clock. Mm-hmm. Then we had a goal that all of a sudden, oh, no, time oh, oh, expired. Hey, Tom, Game you, over. You know no what, Tom? You also, Tom, you also triggered that in my head, too. You know what else got screwed up? No the time. clock started too soon. It doesn't start until the ball touches the hand, not the rim. That's correct. So it hits the hands. That's- he calls timeout immediately, and they don't reward them the timeout. So it's like I don't even get three-tenths of a second just to try my own chuck. We, we call, like we I can't even have a chance clock. to answer this? We call that the hometown well, the clock. The thing is, too, what you have to do is you have to alert the ref that you're calling the timeout immediately. Which he did. Play. No, no, he did. He did. Refs, like, come on, the the refs got to understand that. They understand basketball. They know that that's natural. They should be looking for that. Thank you, Tom. Uh, He he did, though, and they called the timeout right away, but the clock started on the bounce off the rim. We call that the hometown. hometown. Uh, (laughs) How do they not not fix that? But that's that's why I want to ask Jabby, because I, I understand what happens, but when you get in that little circle and the the head mm. ref should be saying, hey, bro, come on, man. That, they were all you know, looking. Like, bro, I hey, know what, I know they didn't go so there. To, they didn't go there to review that. They they went there to review nope. the time. No. But they need they need to go in there. Hey, man, we, we ain't going to do this, bro. Well, that's, well here's that's, the that's problem, though. And you're, he has a history of it. You're right. But the problem is, is that that conversation has to have before they go to the video. Because once you go to the video, it suggests that you watched the video, saw it wasn't a call, and changed the call, which you're not allowed to do. What's wrong you with huddling up? What's wrong with no, huddling no, up? No, no, you can. All right, so earlier in the game, they had a moment where, once again, another bad call. It was an obvious kickball by Jalen Green. It hit his foot and went out of bounds. He had, like, some neon-colored sneakers on. Clearly off his foot. They called it off DiVincenzo. DiVincenzo right away was like, what the hell are you talking about? So the, the referees get together. They converge. Conversation. Reverse the call. Nick's ball, right? That, so we've seen that happen before. If anything, I need to know from Steve Javi. Do you get together in that moment and does like Ed Malloy, you know, like like it doesn't matter who it is. It could have been uh, Andy Nagy was the other official. Yeah, they, they could have gotten together and said, "Hey, uh, we're not we're not calling that. Like we're not no way. We can't call that. Let's let's clear, like, wave bro, that like, off. Let's get to overtime." What, like that's what they should have done. What do refs say all the time? And then watch the video to see how much time is left. What does refs say all the time? We don't want to determine the outcome of games. You hope so. Like That's this is a hope. bad look. It's a bad look now that the story is not about the great game, and maybe the Knicks would have lost. But it was oh, a yeah, hell yeah. of a game. Oh, I'm not. Scored. I'm not saying the Knicks would have won the game. Yes. I'm just saying you got to give them a chance, though. That's my point, and it's a and, and it's a great. It's an opportunity for a great um, product okay. to be seen or lost, right? Oh, Where yeah, we can yeah. talk about like, man, how scrappy the Knicks are. Man, this young Houston team, Adoka, really has them playing hard and, and getting it in. We 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 should have been talking about that. Well, what else you don't want? If you're the NBA, and I know Adam Silver doesn't want this, you don't want people now 
talking about the line, the, how the line moved yep. from four and a half, all of a sudden to plus one. Whoa, 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 what was that all about? There was a, it was a crazy last hour where the line had aggressive movement from one side to the other. And, and so you don't want that. You don't want the whole conspiracy. You don't want especially conversations when, about your officials. Donahue. Especially when we had Donahue. Well, that's a long time ago now, but you're right. People still bring it <laughs> well, up, but people well, still existed, bring it up. Yeah. If that existed then, now that this is more prevalent and, you know, it's easier to, to gamble, who's to say? So, like, you don't want to yeah. have those conversations out there. I'm Get it right. You. Get it right. And I don't care if it's a review or not. It's like last, like, you know, when you can when, when you get the buzzer in football from the top of the booth, like, the nah, only nah, nah. problem is that the, in the NFL, there's no transition from offense to defense. You have time to review every scoring play. You can't do that. The NBA would be, all, would be there all night. No, in the last two minutes, we'll be there which all determines night, the outcome of games. Check, if you huh? have to check, if I, I think it's may, the last maybe two minutes, though. It's only not two even minutes, two. Man. I wouldn't do two minutes. Okay. I would do if it's a buzzer. If it's at the buzzer, you have you can review a foul. As officials, you can say, what, let's just make sure. And it should come from Secaucus. Maybe. I feel like they, maybe should, be, they should be able to say. Because they the, buzzer, the buzzer doesn't allow the opponent. Like, it's one thing to call a foul, and maybe it was a, a, a phantom foul with 30 seconds to go. At least the other team gets the ball, right? Even if it was seven seconds left, at least the other team still gets the ball. But when, right. when it's in, at in zeros. The game, in the game situation. Three-tenths? Yeah, yeah like, I have no chance. Feel like I was watching Bill Lambeer and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar all over again. Let's take some Pick more calls here, real quick, before we get to Steve Javi. Uh, let, let's go to Dave in New Milford. Dave, hey guys, how you doing today? All right. First, Alan, I want to commend you for how cool, calm, and collected you were last night. Because if I was in your shoes, I'd probably be out of a job today because I would have had a profanely tirade <laughs> on the post game show. So kudos to you, man. No, he would have no, got a raise. I mean, he he would have got a raise. He's that state TV no, right there, no, baby. No, he, he don't, got a raise. Don't, say, don't say state TV. It is not state TV. <laughs> I'm just saying, they're going to fire you for defending no, the No, but, but you also – you do want to be a professional about it, and I was trying to make sure I understood both sides of it, was and I honestly rough? thought that the league – like, I was pleasantly surprised that they came out right away and said it was the wrong call because I kept saying they're just going to say this because there was contact. I was trying to see it both ways to explain it, and I also said, you need a pool reporter. They better get one in there. And I was texting Fred Katz saying, who's the pool reporter? He goes, it's me. I go, good. Get on it. So, you know, that's how, that's how we have to do it, though. But, uh, but I appreciate it. Go ahead, Dave. Yeah, so, um, you know, I was watching the game, and it just baffled me. You have an all-star in Jalen Brunson, a guy that some are saying could be a sneaky, you know, get a couple votes for the MVP, MVP. this year. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have Amen Thompson, a rookie, just hacking and whacking him all night, and there's no calls. Yeah, they, um, it, it, it just, was, wasn't just him. Dylan Brooks was playing him physically, battling him, and that's what Dylan Brooks does. And again, he's a, he's a terrific defender. But it's it's one thing that you're like, all right, this is going to be a physical game. Okay, fine. But why is it 33 to 12? Like like yeah, that's what I didn't get. 33 to 12 in a physical and, game? That doesn't make sense. It, it baffled me, just absolute baffled me. And the problem is, I've been saying this for years, the NBA and all other sports are still going to have these problems with the referees yep. until they're held more accountable. Because if Thibodeau went to the stage last night and just, just oh, 50 grand. ripped them apart, 50 grand. he'd be yep. fine for that. Yep. He'd be yep. fine. If Jalen Brunson bumped into the ref, he'd be out 10 games. Yeah. But these refs get away with murder. It, well, it's just until they start getting fined and suspended, you're going to have this problem all the time. I think, Dave, what you're talking about is public accountability because I can tell you, and Steve Javi will explain that to us momentarily, There is they, they do have accountability privately. They get reprimanded, I'm telling you. They, they, it's, it's ugly. And a lot of these guys, it costs them the ability to officiate playoff games, which is a big money aspect for them. It is big for their careers and their profiles. And they don't get all, you, don't get, you don't get the better games. You don't get national games. Like That's a big deal. So you don't want that on your resume. And for Goble, this is a second time now, as everybody pointed right. out last year, LeBron James clearly, like clearly a foul. And afterwards, the same thing. Crew Chief said, we missed the call. Yeah, we Remember, that it. was the game that Patrick Beverly came out with the camera to yeah, show yeah, the yeah. official so. you missed it, and he got a tech for it. <laughs> you know, like there's different things that happened in that game, well, but they, they clearly missed a call against it was this Lakers Celtics game famously yeah. but it, it's it's that's the, <laughs> there is accountability the it's behind the scenes that's what it is <laughs> well, I'll tell you what man they, this guy needs to be Charlotte Utah 
That, that, those are the type of games. <laughs> those, those, yeah, you're not. Those gonna, and he actually that. has been doing playoff games lately. The last couple of years, he's been doing some playoff games, not a lot, but some. But I'm, I imagine they're just. I mean, they got to teach better with some of the younger they officials. Need, We've they, had they a problem to, with the younger yeah. officials in the NBA, just like the they NFL's had problem. Time. That Major League Baseball has been had been having issues with the umpires to a point now where you're going to get that. You know, you're, you're going to get automatic stri- balls and strikes now. You there's there's make- video review now. You got to make them full time. I think you got to make them full time. You got to have permanent NBA. NBA. They're full time. Oh, they are. Oh, oh, yeah. No, this is their job. Oh, that's why, and that's why it's so valuable. Oh, 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 then because you want more games, more games, more money. Yeah, you have no excuses. No, no, no. And and like I said, they do hold them accountable. All right, we have calls. We will keep them ready to go. Eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. But I want to make enough time for us to talk with Steve Javi about all this, and get, he gets the explanation. Now, understand, again, he is no longer an official. He doesn't work for the league. He works for us. He works for ESPN. He is impartial now. He knows the rules. He knows how this all goes. So we have to give him the opportunity to explain it all to us, how it goes down. I think it's going to be a really insightful interview. It's coming up next. So stay with us. It's Barton Hahn, 98.7 ESPN. Gordon Damer at the 98.7 Tullamore Dew Sports Desk. Still plenty of fallout from the way the Super Bowl ended, including some of the 49ers players admitting they did not know about the new overtime rules. Earlier this morning on DPH and Rothenberg, the guys asked Imani Toomer if that's a bad look for the coaching staff. Absolutely. It's absolutely the coaching staff. You know, I played for two different coaches. The vast difference won us a lot of games. I played for Jim Fossil, great dude, great coach, but we weren't a detail-oriented oriented bunch. We weren't made to a Super Bowl, but we lost. But when I played for Coughlin, every scenario that we ever had, we practiced at one point in time. It was so beaten to us over the years that every time something went up, went down, we didn't even think about it. That is brought to you by Tullamore Dew, because when it's game time, it's Tully time. Tullamore Dew, the original triple distilled, triple blended, and triple cast matured Irish whiskey. Be sure to grab a Tullamore Dew or try the brand new Tullamore Dew, honey, during tonight's action. Glasses up to enjoying Tullamore Dew responsibly. Coming up at 3 o'clock, it's the Michael K Show, and it's only here on 98.7 FM. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Thanks for listening to the Barton Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN. The most important thing is to get the educated eye and mind on what happened last night at the end of the Knicks and Rockets game. The first name I thought of was Steve Javi. He is our ESPN rules analyst, but for 25 years or more than that, uh, he was one of the top officials in the NBA, and he's done tons of NBA Finals games and everything else. So, Steve, kind enough to join us right now, and thank you so much for the time. I, I just, You know what, Steve? I just want to begin simply with what happens in a situation like that. Have you ever been in a situation like that? A foul is called just ticks of a second before the buzzer and you might even as like the crew chief or another member of the crew look and go i don't know about that one like how do you how did the officials handle that no uh, first hey thanks for having me on i appreciate it um a couple things number one 
the official who made that call did not sleep, believe me, last night at all. There's no doubt because I'd been in that situation. I'd been that official who's made a call at the end of the game. And this is even before replay review uh, where we you know, went over to the table. I mean, go in the locker room afterwards and you look at it and you go, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I blew the whistle on that. Um, and then I was there also one time as a crew chief when a partner of mine uh, blew, a, you know, blew a foul very similar to last night's game when you go over to replay review to basically because they, they can only check the clock. Right. They can't sit there and change the call. Um, and to look and go, oh, my gosh, there was no foul. It's the worst feeling in the world, believe me, because, you know, we're there to try to get as many calls right. And when you decide a game like that, it's, uh, it's tough. What, what, what it becomes, really, and it's, hopefully it's a learning uh, situation for this young official, and, and I know for me it was when I did it. And it becomes uh, what happens is you have a, loss of, a momentary loss of concentration um, because you really you have to know the situation. Uh, you know it's a tie ball game. You see the ball, the clock running down, the, the ball gets thrown out, and you know you have that feeling in desperation time because it's a second left. And you can't really guess on a play. You can't have a doubt on a play because what's the worst-case scenario? You go to overtime, mm-hmm. and the guys decide it. And that's the thing. But what happens, every once in a while, you get that brain cramp and you get that loss of concentration. That's exactly what happened. And that's that, what, but, I'm yeah. sorry, Bart. Because it, it leads me into exactly what I wanted to ask you next, Steve. So I'm glad you put it that way and the way you said it, which is let the guys decide the game in overtime. We all understand letter of the law, right? We all understand a rule like, like a foul is a foul is a foul, whether it's in the first minute of the game or the last minute of the game. It should be, you're, you know, technically you're supposed to call it that way. But we all know how the game works, and I and I know it from talk to many different officials, including yourself. I know that you guys don't want to decide the game; you want the players to decide the game. Is there a is there a case to be made that even if you could, because I really thought they'd they'd find a reason to say there was contact. Oh, lower body, you see his hand or whatever. You always find a way to say there was some type of contact that, that led to the foul. But is there ever a thought that comes to mind when you see the play developing and you go, that's like, we're going overtime. Like, I'm not calling that, right? Like, is there ever a time where that happens? Well, I think when, when it, what it is is you're trained mentally. It's, it's, um, it's a thing of, of saying that it's, it's – if you see a foul that's obvious, a guy gets hit on the arm, you got to call it. There's no doubt. Yeah. The, the time that you don't want to put air in the whistle is when you go, is it or isn't it? Where sometimes during a game you put air in the whistle with 10 minutes left because eh, I think that's a foul. And you know, that's when you can get in trouble. That's when you, lose, you, know, you, uh, you obviously miss calls. And that's, unfortunately, there are times in games where you use your judgment and your experience and say that um, – you know, hey, that's you know that that could that could be a foul by the way the ball went up or down. You really didn't see it. This is a time of game that um, that you don't do that. You don't sit there and go, well, my experience is because the ball went this way or the player went that way. No, you've got to see it for sure and and know that it is a foul at that time of game, especially like I said in a tie ball game. Because let's let's put it this way, Alan. If if that was a foul and it wasn't called. You still had five minutes left yes. where the team can now win. One team is going to win the game or lose the game. Will they bring that play up at the end of the game? Yes. But at least both teams have a chance now to win the game at five minutes left in overtime. See, but that, that's what, you know, the, something else that you said is you see this as a learning experience or you saw this as a learning experience. But we know the same official had this exact same call last year. So clearly something's not getting through. So as a, um, as a, group or as a you know officials and head head officials how do you come together and get him that type of message if you know he's a repeat offender last year he had the same call similar um against lebron james and and we know that um and yet again here we are again and i don't know because i'm a football guy is it a is it a situation where a head official can overrule an official and say hey come together in a huddle before you go over there and check the clock for the time and say hey you know, I, I think we need to reverse this call after discussion because you see it amongst the NFL all the time. They get in a circle before something's challenged or not, and they make sure they try and get it right. And sometimes another official may say, hey, man, I don't know if you want to do that, and they're able to change it. Yeah, unfortunately, it's not, it is not like the NFL uh, where they get together and say, well, uh, no, there's not a foul. And so on. because, uh, yeah, the NFL can get in there and say the ball was tipped 
or the guy this happened or that happened. But no, unfortunately, in this situation, that you know that that won't happen. Being a repeat offender, I'll just give you an example too. I uh, when I said I experienced it myself, I did it twice in one week in early in my career. I swear to I swear to you, the end of a game scenario, I had it twice in a week, and my crew chief looked at me after the second time with like I had three heads and said. <laughs> are you nuts? This just happened like two nights ago. And I'm sitting there going like, I can't believe I did it again. Um, so you, you kind of, I know you said about repeat offenders. Unfortunately that, that can happen. I know you said for me, it did. And obviously after the second time, probably got hammered into my head a little, little more, uh, where I, I made sure at end of game situations that I didn't lose my concentration, that I was on top of things. This is a, it just, I'm not going to make an excuse, Tough time of year for players and coaches. Are you getting tired going into the all-star break? Not an excuse, but it's a fact that you can probably have your concentration a little lower. And, and why you should have it lower, I don't know, because it's a tie ball game at that time of the game, but it happens. Unfortunately, it does happen. That's the human element, right, of officiating, and that's the whole the whole part of this. We're talking with Steve Javi, again, long-time NBA official for 25 best back, years. Back, best sick back in the, in the game. Ever. No, definitely the Maybe good Macaulay Calkin in, in, in Home Alone got you, but outside <laughs> of that, best slick back in all the business. <laughs> Whatever the gel is, <laughs> using it well. He's also our ESPN rules analyst right now joining the show. Um, so we don't want to slow the game down with reviews, right? Like Again, Bart, Bart played in the NFL for 11 years. He talks about how all scoring, you know, all touchdowns are reviewed late in the game. You just want to make sure they get it right. Is it a catch? Is it not a catch? All that stuff. But NFL doesn't have a transition from offense to defense the way the NBA does. So while I've, I've, fans have asked me, why can't they review that? Why can't they review a call if they aren't sure about it? Can you explain that process as well? Like, number one, you can't review it. You're reviewing the clock like you explained. But we can't. could we ever get to a place where – Someone in, whether it's the caucus or even like an eye in the sky in the building, just buzzes down and says, guys, check that. Like, like you can, can we ever get to that just so, so you have the call correct? Uh, it's, it's an interesting question. Uh, it really is because I don't know where it's going with the, this AI because we yeah. have this Hawkeye now that comes in to play with out-of-bounds plays. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll come in with out-of-bounds plays. They do it now. This artificial intelligence, this ball tracking with um, – basket interference and goaltending and also in the cylinder or not. And maybe down, maybe down the road, something that, you know, that can happen with tracking. Uh, I don't know, but I don't know what you'd have to track. Obviously not the ball, right. it'd be a kind of a foul, but I mean, even with these uh, challenges, they're getting to like having a second challenge if the first one is successful, but they, they have to be careful. I know because, you know, and they, they don't want the game to, like you say, to go on and on. Maybe it's something down the road. They explore like, the last minute of the game. But then someone would say, well, with two minutes left, that call is just as important too. So I, 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 where do you go from it? Right. If you wanted to make it a, a longer game, maybe you could do that. But I just think, you know what, th- things, things happen now. Like you said, it's, it's the human element of the game. Players, players can commit 15, 20 turnovers to team as, as a whole in the game. And then it comes down to one call by the official or two calls by the official. And it's just, it's going to happen. Players are going to make turnovers. Officials are going to make turnovers. Right. What, what did you think of the fact, though, and I know this isn't um, unprecedented because I believe Eric Lewis did it last year on the game we're talking about with the, the Celtics and the Lakers, but to have after the game, right away when the pool reporter comes in, because I, 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 like it's rare that it's like, yeah, yeah, we, we missed that. Yeah, we screwed up. Like, like, how, like what do you think of that? Because I feel like – for the NBA, you don't want officiating to be part of the story. You don't want it talked about. You don't want all the, the other things creeping up about, oh, it's fixed, oh, it's this, oh, it's that, right? You don't want that. So it's important to, instead of letting it fester or even trying to cover up for your partner by saying, well, there was contact and blah, 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 and you leave it up to the last two-minute report. The fact that Ed came out right away, Ed Malloy, who was the crew chief, came out and said right away, yeah, it, we, we watched it back and we realized it was wrong. How important is that, though, Steve, to, to just say it right away so it doesn't sit for a whole day of denial? I think it just definitely lends credibility uh, that, you know, hey, this is what happened. We're, we're honest with it. We'll own up to the mistakes. Um, believe me, when Ed was looking at it at the table at the time of the game, he knew there was no foul on the play, too. So he had that time of, like, the last couple, you know, free throws and so on and so forth, and he's walking to the locker room, and he knows who he's going to say right away. 
Um, probably, they probably didn't even have to look at it again in the locker room because replay, the you know, replay center gives you every angle of the play. Believe me, they were trying to find contact, uh, and they, and they couldn't. So if, if he ever came out and said, well, you saw the right uh, foot, it tipped over. That's the, come on. You know, so all credibility is lost. Nobody's going to believe you because believe me, you try to defend yourself as much as possible because you know, that the hits are going to keep coming at you. Uh, but you know what? He did the right thing. Um, he lent credibility to it, and it's like, okay, we, we messed up. Let's go on, and we'll try to get it right the next time. Now, now yeah. the other thing that stands out is that it really this whole game, I don't know how much of this game you got to see last night, mm-hmm. but I obviously watched it because I cover it. And so for me, it felt like that was sort of a microcosm of what the whole game felt like. It was very physical, two very physical teams, of course, which I know for you guys is probably the most difficult type of game to, to call because you could probably blow the whistle on every play. But what I saw at the end, when you look at the box score, is what scratch I scratched my head at this one. And if you could explain it, please do. The free throw disparity was 33 to 12. The Knicks, on average, go to the line 23, almost 24 times a game, and they spend a lot of time in the paint. Jalen Brunson himself, 17 of his 25 shots came in the paint for a guy 6'2. He took eight free throws. Now, I know that you don't sit there as a referee and count free throws and let's make sure we even this thing up, but how can something like that happen? Can you explain to the viewers, like, how does something like that happen when you see both teams are playing physical? It's not like one team took 43s and wasn't going in the paint. They were in the paint. They scored 58 points in the paint. And yet, contact was called really on one side and not the other. Uh, Now we're getting into being a fan, and I like it. I like it. Uh, (laughs) No, but uh, first of all, when you say about a physical game, the game today, as you well know, guys, it's not physical. I, I well, referee when it was physical. Yeah. I mean, this, to boys. me, this game, when you, yeah, I mean, yeah, you, oh boy. Bart from Detroit. Couple of years refereeing those guys, oh yeah. my Lord. <laughs> and then New York and all. I mean, when I, when, when it's so funny when I'm on a game at the replay center, uh, I'm not avoiding your question, by the way. I'll get back to it. But I'm at the game in the replay center, and I hear the announcer, that it's getting a little physical out there. And I just start giggling to myself, going, <laughs> oh, because a couple couple of guys like, rustled with each other. And I said, oh, my gosh. I said, that's nothing, you know. Um, first, I can't comment. I really, I, I would like to comment. I wish I did. I did not watch the game. Okay. I just watched what happened because you had asked me to come on with that. But I did not watch the game. And one thing I know that a lot of coaches try to do afterwards is they try to referee the game by the free throws at the end of the game, or they try to um, evaluate the referee's performance by free throws. And one thing, it's one thing I wouldn't, I would never do to a referee or anything, because there are times there are disparities like that. And even though one team thinks, well, look at all these sh- the shots in the paint, I'd have to look at, in order for me to make a comment on, as, uh, on like, well, you know what? The game really wasn't refereed well or something. I have to look at the tape. One thing I did get was I, I did, because te- I still obviously am in touch with a bunch of referees, mm-hmm. uh, a buddy of mine who was, is an evaluator watching, since we watched the fourth quarter, the guys did a great job, except for this play and so on and so forth. So from a, an unbiased opinion, the, at least with the fourth quarter, from what information I was told, that the officiating crew did a very good job you know, leading up to this last play, of course. But So it's hard for me. I don't, I don't have, I can't. I can't explain to you disparity of free throws because one thing, as you said, we don't, we as officials don't look that way. Believe me, we see it afterwards and you go, well, I know they're going to hang their hat on that, Mm -hmm. but it's all up up to us also as professionals to look at that game objectively after the game and to see, did we get plays right or plays wrong? And are there games that we're going to sit there and go, you know, didn't have a good game. Certainly. Absolutely. And then there are games that there's disparities. You sit there and go, there's nothing more we could have done. I mean, we did the best job we could. Of course, there's always plays you miss in games. Every game, there's no doubt. But um, but to, to comment on a foul disparity just without seeing the tape, I couldn't. I couldn't do that for you. No, that's a fair answer. Very yeah. a very fair answer. Uh, Bart. Now, now, Steve Javi was an official in the NBA from 1986 to 2011. Okay, so you're talking about. When you talk about like, when he references yeah, the yeah. physical games, yeah, Robert Parrish punched Bill and Bear in the nose, <laughs> broke his nose, and it was a common foul, and he punched him in the face. <laughs> Two shots on the ball. Well, you, know, you, had to, you had to look. Wait, you had to look at who he was punching. Come on, right. <laughs> come on, Bill and Bear's a saint. It should be a statue erected in the Detroit. Question, for him. You guys confer and probably say, "Well, did he deserve it? Yeah, he probably did." Like you guys yeah, were more he, like NHL ref, refs back in the yeah, day yeah, than you were cor- breaking up cor- fights. Yeah, course, course, course correction. We call that. Uh, but but I like to ask you. Like you talked about, you had two of these 
in one week. Um, yeah, this is two and two years, and he's two uh, pretty high profile type of you know LeBron's a, a a profile all by itself, but also the Knicks and the media and the power, and you know now you you know you got to hear it on Get Up first, taking all these places. You know what's the next step? Because I think people don't realize they think that you know referees or umpires or whatever they're not reprimanded and it's not consequences to them you know making these type of mistakes. You know, explain to our listeners kind of what that process is um, when they get to call to the principal's office. Yeah, yeah I, had, I had my the ruler hitting my knuckles a few times in my career. There's no <laughs> doubt about that. Um, yeah, one thing, um, one thing about that. It's first of all, as you're saying, like high profile LeBron James or this. It's hard. I know unless you've officiated the game. My father taught me this years ago. People won't understand our mindset unless you were really in our shoes. And it's true because I can't understand the mindset of other people, their profession too. So it doesn't matter to us whether it's a, high, a finals game, it's a Knicks-Houston regular season game, uh, LeBron. It really doesn't matter. I mean, we, we're trying the best we possibly can to get every play right. And the reason being is this. It affects our careers. It affects our, actually our pocketbook because – we get the referees get evaluated every play, just about well nowadays every possession. And there's people, you know, the next day looking at the game every possession, and they get graded, and those grades go towards a uh, system of rating the uh, referees. So when it gets to the end of the season, who's now in line to do the playoffs? And when that happens, that's extra money. It's just like a salesman, you know, he gets a bonus for selling so much. Well, referees get a bonus for each round of the playoffs they're in. So if he's getting graded down each and every game, and when players say they're not held accountable, they certainly are because if for some reason we have, you know, referees who are not refereeing as well as other people, they're not going to go to the playoffs and make more money. And then each round of the playoffs, they're evaluated. And to get to that next round, it's even more money for you. So it's another bonus. So um, as far as accountability, there is accountability. And, and that's why even it goes against when people say, well, referees favor this guy or favor the superstar. If you're telling me that I'm going to make a call in favor, <clears throat> in favor of some, somebody and it's going to affect my money for my family and my, Oh no, no, I'm, I don't, I don't love anybody that much to sit there and say, I'm going to take these, this money out of my pocket just to ingratiate myself with that guy. So there's, there's so much accountability more so than a normal person would know, but that's, that's the big one right there. Everybody's doing the best they can. Cause at the end of the year, they want that playoff money, and they want to keep advancing each and every round, and that helps support the family. You know, and that's that's the name of the game. That is a fantastic explanation of something that a lot of fans ask about, which is the accountability, and that was absolutely perfect. That's why I wanted to bring you on, Steve. I appreciate the time. This was this was really educational, outstanding. Thank you so much. Well, thanks so much for having me. Anytime, give me a holler. I'd be more than happy. You got Thank it. Thank you. All right, again, Steve Javi, a long time in the NBA. He understands the ins and the outs, and I hope everybody understood everything he was trying to explain there. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com network, all lowercase. 
Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Thanks for listening to the Bart and Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN. All right, it's pond hockey season on Long Island. I mean, with this snow today, get the outdoor rinks going again. But anyways, ESPN New York wants you to be part of the action. Head to ESPNNewYork.com or the ESPN New York app for your chance to win a 60-minute time slot at the outdoor synthetic rink. I'm back. In the park at UBS Arena. Just scroll down to contest and submit your entry. Join the New York Islanders for some fun in February. Take advantage of special ticket pricing for upcoming home games at UBS Arena. And be there for every thrilling matchup. Get your tickets today at NewYorkIslanders.com slash Feb. So, Bart, let's let's get the people back into the conversation here now. You heard Steve Javi. You heard everything he explained. 800-919-3776. We'll carry the calls into the 1 o'clock hour. There's other things, of course, to get to as well. Some interesting stuff coming off the Super Bowl and more. So we'll get to that. We'll continue, of course, the conversation of this with the officiating last night, the Knicks, and let's not overlook the fact that there's more injury concerns. There's one game left for the All-Star break, and, man, this team is just just dragging itself to the break with a much-needed rest to get these bodies healthy so we can actually see how good they can be. So we got calls and more coming up. Stay with us. Barton Hahn, 98.7 ESPN. Gordon Damer at the 98.7 Tullamore Dew Sports Desk. It's one of the biggest stories heading into spring training for the Mets. What will wind up happening with Pete Alonzo and his contract? David Stern says that it's likely that Alonzo will hit free agency earlier this morning on DPH run Rothenberg. Rick and Dave said if the Mets are not going to sign Alonzo, they have to trade him. Scott Boris is his agent now. It doesn't feel like this is going to come to a like a happy conclusion. Here, here's my take. I'm I don't want them to trade him. I feel like that's the direction we're going in. What will annoy me is if the Mets don't go to the postseason, don't sign Pete Alonso, don't trade Pete Alonso, and lose him for nothing. And that is brought to you by Tullamore Dew because when it's game time, it's Tully time. Tullamore Dew, the original, triple distilled, triple blended. Triple cast matured Irish whiskey. Be sure to grab a Tullamore Dew or try the brand new Tullamore Dew honey during tonight's action. Glasses up to enjoying Tullamore Dew response. Coming up at 3 o'clock, it's the Michael K Show, and it's only here on 98.7 FM. Thanks for listening to the Barton Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN.